everybody, Mikey Krennic here with you once again on a Sunday, a sincerely Sunday, here on Cool Dad's Basement. You know, welcome to the real clown boy zone, ladies and gentlemen. I know many folks have been uh, clamoring for uh, the return of Sincerely Sunday uh, since since we've been, the last few weeks I've been putting out little pieces of the book that I wrote, and I, I do just want to thank uh, anyone who listened to the first five chapters of Behold Now Behemoth. Uh, and the people who reached out to me to let me know they were enjoying it. That was, that was really cool. Um, that, that, I know that that takes effort. You know, you got to listen, you got to pay attention. You got to be willing to reach out and say, Hey, nice work. And, and it might sound like I'm being facetious, uh, because as, uh, kind of, you know, that's the default speed on cool heads basement, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not at the, in this moment, uh, I I'm being quite genuine. Um, I consider myself a nice person. I, I, you know, but I don't always do that. I don't always reach out when I see somebody has done something that they're proud of. Even if I think it's good or, or, or take the time to listen, I don't always take that last step and reach out and say it, you know, so I can consider myself a nice person and I could try to do the right thing uh, and, and be kind to people, which doesn't always work out, but I try. And since I'm a, uh, a white American male, apparently that's really, that's all I need to do. And then everybody says, okay. But, but I, I just, look, I'll see people sharing their stuff that's cool. It's when they wrote, it's a picture, or it's a general sense of happiness uh, that, that radiates off their status updates, but, but not the kind that the too much happiness. That'll make you sick. Ugh. People better not be acting too happy on my timeline. Which uh, that is that is a real thing that that people do actually feel, and I do I I get it, I get it. I've been all the way down to the bottom of the ditch myself, all the way down, and and, and we know that that the the view from the bottom is is skewed, right? But when you're at the bottom, it's it's the only view you've got, so it's really kind of hard to judge someone who's down there. Because that's that's where they are. The, their brain is perceiving the world based on its sense of self, right? How your brain interprets you and its doings and comings and goings is going to determine how how your brain is is you know interacting with the whole world, how it's interpreting the whole world. You know, it's it's hard to to judge anyone else. Uh, objectively when we're all doing the exact same thing now just because we're not at the bottom maybe we're at the top maybe we're at the middle maybe we're one of the many other places that one can be but you know no matter what it's still doing the same thing it's still basing all of its all of its information and its reactions on you know what it knows what it's seen where it's been where it is and, and that's that's pretty universal you know, I, I had a yellow lab. Savannah was her name. Uh, and she was bar none, the sweetest, gentlest, most affectionate dog I ever knew. Like, I'm not sure that dogs can be nice, but, but if a dog was ever nice, it, it was her. She, like all labs, uh, was just kind of thrilled to be alive and, and more than happy to share that with the world and anyone who happened to walk into her orbit, right? Grammy known to her friends as my grandma, uh, had a dog too, has a dog. Uh, probably this thing is going to live forever, I'm sure of it. 
His name is Papillon. So right there, you, you kind of get a sense of this guy's character. Papillon. Papillon the Teacup Poodle. Papillon the Teacup Poodle owned by an elderly lady. Uh, what kind of attitude do you think he's going to have? You think he's going to be the salt of the earth? Or, or do you think he's very spoiled, very annoying, and 80% lung? Because that guy can bark loud and over and over. He's the kind of dog that does that like, hey, 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 pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Well, well, actually, I don't, I don't know. I changed my mind. Let me back up. Well, no, no, pick me up, pick me up. Well, well, well hold on, hold on. That kind of dog. Uh, he, he's very he's very annoying. And in his mind, he's he's the king of, of the world, I think. No sound shall be higher than the bark of the king. So here's Papillon. And right across the street here is Savannah. Two more different dogs could not exist. The, the only way to make it more interesting would be they had maybe one of those pit bulls and even pit bull people are like, oh, that's a bad apple. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a combustible situation. So one time and one time only, Papillon came to visit. And Savannah was thrilled. She had a brand new friend to play with. And, and Papillon was initially freaked out. He lives with a 90-year-old lady. And suddenly he's in a much louder house and an objective monster wants to say hi. Uh, but eventually Savannah broke him as she broke everyone, and they were having a ball, running around, tails wagging, Papillon barking, Savannah doing that friendly big dog who learned not to jump thing, you know, where she picks up the front paws, like, I'm going to jump, nope, that's for bad dogs, but I want to jump so bad, up. that's for bad dogs, and I am not a bad dog, and it might sound like I'm, I'm deifying my dog, but I swear this animal had superhuman niceness going on. She busted out of the back gate one time when my nephews were over and the little one was just walking and he had all the irrational confidence of a baby who had just learned to walk. And, and suddenly he was face to face with something bigger than he had ever, ever seen. And, and he got that like that baby panic on his face. And, and both his mom and I made that desperate move to grab him. But before we could, she was doing an even smaller front paws up dance. And he was laughing and patting her. Ma uh, massive, 120 pound dog immediately recognized that she could knock this little thing over and adjusted her behavior so she didn't. That's good dog stuff, as far as I'm concerned. So when I tell you she was playing very nicely with Papillon, I mean it. But unfortunately, he's very small, she's so big, eventually he got underfoot, and he got accidentally smacked. Which, of course, sent him flying, dramatic little Frenchman that he is. And he was done. You know, he, he, he ran away, hid, no more playing. And I don't think I've ever seen an animal more devastated than Savannah was. She, was. she was so sad that she had hurt her new little friend. She laid on her dog bed, sighing, with those big expressive lab eyes, looking so dejected. No, like, hey, let's keep playing. Nope. The minute her exuberance led to him getting walloped, she felt tremendously guilty. And I know that sounds insane. You know, I, I, I can a dog feel guilty. I can't sit down and be like, hey, you know, Savannah, sometimes things happen. But, but you've all seen a dog that just did something that I got in trouble for, and they look guilty. And no one had yelled at her. No one ever yelled at that dog to the point where she, would, she, she was a plus-size gal. She was still sitting on people's laps. Papillon didn't snap or snarl. He just turned tail and ran like a coward, like a Frenchman. And yet Savannah still felt so bad that she had hurt him that she was more or less punishing herself. 
Now, this this is not a My Dead Dog Taught Me Everything I Know podcast. She would regularly lose her mind trying to navigate the house if a shoebox that wasn't there before had suddenly appeared kind of in her path. She wasn't anti-mame, turning our lives upside down with, with breezy wisdom. She's a big, dumb animal. But she was the kindest big, dumb animal that ever existed. And I think from that story of the very kind animal and the very annoying animal, we can indeed learn something. A, don't let your big mouth write checks your ass can't cash, Papillon. And B, more universally, we have no idea the effect we have on people. Positive, negative, anything. We have no concept of it other than what we perceive. Someone could say they love you. Someone could say you're, you're their friend. But if your brain doesn't think it's worthy of love and friendship, it's not going to sound the way it was said. And that's a bummer. But it's also, I think, the most beautiful part of being a human being. That depth of feeling, so to speak. I know it's kind of hard to imagine right now that there are any beautiful parts to being a human being in the U.S. or, or anywhere else, really. You know, people are losing rights every day. People who didn't have all that many to begin with. Wars are being waged, a- actual ground wars, and then the more protracted, like, and eh, now you lose this and this and this, so you don't complain. Those kind of wars, big swaths of the population under attack from those. What's so beautiful about that? Nothing. To tell people to stop and smell the roses or to look at a picture of far-off galaxies and, and remember how insignificant they are, who, who is that helping? Who is that helping but you? To completely reduce someone else's pain to, oh, well, when you know full well what it feels like to be afraid, to be desperate, to be ignored, that's bullshit. And you know it's bullshit. And you can't, you, you can convince yourself that, that you mean it innocuously, but, but you don't. You can't. Everybody feels. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more. Your sad and my sad are the same thing. What causes them, what the fallout from them is, how we act, how the people around us react, that's all environmental, cultural stuff. That's all incredibly individualized and and borderline impossible to express in a way that someone else is going to go, ah, yes, exactly that. But the, the sad at the center of it That's the exact same thing. My sad when I don't get the feedback I'm looking for. You're sad when something you've been waiting for doesn't happen. Savannah's sad when she accidentally hit Papillon with a nasty overhand. Functionally, we're all feeling the same thing. And that's the beautiful part right there. Our ability to feel such a spectrum of things, such a wide variety of feelings... That's not something we should ever try to regulate in ourselves. Feel everything. Feel happy, feel sad, feel angry, feel scared, feel love, feel joy, feel surprised, feel overwhelmed. Feel it all, baby. Feel it all. But when you do, make a mental note and remember that everybody else feels that way too. Your expression of the feeling is individual. And people's reactions to it are individual too. We have no idea how much our feelings affect someone else's. None. Last night, 
I went and saw a few former students of mine in a musical, and I had all kinds of complicated feelings about it. Would anyone care if I was there? Would it make it awkward? Are people uncomfortable around me because I, I left the school and the program that my mom and I had built so abruptly? D- did I let them down? Had I been gone too long? All just crazy anxieties and fears. But when that show ended, and a kid who has just absolutely owned the stage, you know, back to front, just absolutely killed it, so talented, is is weeping through a hug and trying to tell you how much it means to her that you're there. Or a kid that you watched grow up literally from early childhood to full-on leaving for college next month adulthood. He's got the lead, and, and again, just absolutely unbelievable job, and he thanks you for your help getting him there. All that stuff melts away. And in that moment, all those nerve endings you thought were dead wake up and say, hey, this is nice. Man, what a feeling. What a tremendous, tremendous feeling. You know, we've all been Savannah. We've all been so excited, so happy, so eager to have fun and enjoy ourselves and live life to the fullest. And we've all had that moment where it doesn't go the way we want. And all we can do is lay down and feel awful. And it's so much easier to stay laying down and feeling awful. Because now you can't hurt anyone anymore. And no one can hurt you. If you don't get excited, you can't be let down. So you stay laying on the dog bed, waiting for the world to forget all about you. Get up. Always get up. No matter how hurt, no matter how sad, no matter how scared, always get up. Even if you think that everyone's given up on you and it's too late and that everyone thinks you're this or that or the other, odds are they don't. And if they do, well, you could try to mend that fence and if they still can't see it, well, okay. You can't change that. Papillon never forgave Savannah and unfortunately, they never reconciled before we had to make the very difficult decision that most dog owners eventually have to make. She was very sick. It was very sad. And I don't really love thinking about it. But man, when that dog went out, she went out wagging. Happy till the very last moment. Even though her two friends who were usually dancing with her were sitting by her and crying. She wasn't thinking about Papillon's dumb ass. She wasn't thinking about the time she stole the Seahawks Super Bowl cake or the shoes she chewed. And, and despite our very different reactions, neither were we. All three of us were thinking of the same thing. Just how happy she was for the past 10 years. And how happy that made us. That's the beautiful part of being alive. The happiness throughout, the sadness at the end, it's all a part of it. And I can't help but think, if we tried to remember that, if we tried to remember that emotions are universal and they have tremendous impact on the people around us, it might go a long way towards making our small worlds wonderful. And if enough of us do that, hell we might still be able to make a big world worthy of dogs like Savannah. I hope you all have a wonderful week. 
I'll be back next Friday and we can pretend like this never happened. But until then, remember, you are enough and you matter.